everybody. I'm Tom Farrell. And I'm Sean Swarner. And this is another one of our Hope Podcast. Helping others persevere every day. I'm amazed you remember that every week. <laughs> I, I have it written down on my computer here. <laughs> <laughs> you do? Well, that's good. So today, Sean and I, we want to dive into a subject that we've touched upon a few times in some of the other podcasts, but what we'd like to do today is really unpack this subject matter. And that's all about attitude during challenging times. And God knows, Sean, both of us have encountered challenging times, you much more than myself with what you've been through in life. But uh, when I shot you that email this morning about, hey, what do you think of this subject matter? What was your first uh, thought process that went through your head? Well, honestly, my first thought was, you know, going back to what you said, you know, I've been through much harder times. Everybody goes through something different. Everybody's reality is different. You know, it, it, you really can't compare one to the other. You know, I've, I've, I've joked around with some friends who, uh, you know, stage one, stage two cancer survivors. And as, as you know, I'm stage four you know, advanced stage four and joking there, look at them. Oh, you're a poser, man. You only had stage one. <laughs> no. So each, each one and each, each person has their own individual um, experience and their own reality with what they're going through. You know, I, I know for you, it, like you said, you're with your message. I know something happened um, 18 years ago that, that really changed your life, you know, and, and I know it was uh, something near and dear to your heart, if you wouldn't mind sharing that. Yeah, I, this past week was the uh, 18th anniversary of the passing of my dad. And without question, the saddest day of my life. And um, this week was, uh, again, every year on his anniversary, it's therapeutic for, for me to talk about it. And uh, I have five siblings. And every year, uh, we start the day by addressing the fact that that's the day that, that dad passed. And we always find ourselves communicating throughout the day of good memories that we remember of them. And we come up with like catchphrases. He used to say the word fantastic all the time. So I've incorporated that, I think, subconsciously and consciously into my daily conversations. I'll use the word fantastic. Um, and it's a nod to my dad. And, and I think it speaks to what we want to talk about today. And that's the attitude and what and it's a choice. You make a choice. I could feel gloom and doom every April 23rd thinking about my dad, or I can feel fantastic and let all those good memories flood my mind. Um, now, going back to that day when it happened, man, it was a punch in the face because he, he just died instantly. He had a massive heart attack. And he was here one moment and gone the next. No underlying health issues that we knew of that would have taken him that suddenly. But yeah, that day was uh, a day that sucked and a day that I'll never forget. But I also remember that day, like really dialing into some innermost thoughts to get me through it. And lying in bed that night, I just flooded my mind with those good memories that I had of them throughout life. And boy, oh boy, did that help and almost catapult me through that whole week. And um, 
that that's the path that I chose to take. And, and I would highly recommend it to anybody who's hit with a situation like that in life, especially a sudden death. You have to mourn, you have to grieve There's sadness. And, and I'm not saying that being positive, you can't be sad or vice versa. Um, but what I am saying is that that positivity and those good memories sure helped lighten the blow of him going away so soon. I, I can imagine. You know, with, <clears throat> with, with the experience of a loss like that, how do you focus on the good stuff? You know, because I, I know so many people who lose their parents. I lost my grandpa when I was in Africa and I, I couldn't even get home you know, in, in time to, to say anything. So I, I missed him too, you know, just kind of like your dad passed away, my grandpa, who was 96 when he passed, you know, how do you focus on the good stuff? Like, how did, how did you consciously, did you make, did you switch something in your brain? How did, how did you help yourself or how did you make yourself go from focusing on being so sad to almost, almost like you're celebrating his life? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And I don't remember like switching something in my brain. But I do remember that um, I, I felt not a burden. That's not the right word, but I felt a responsibility. That's the word I wanted to use. I, I felt a responsibility to not only my siblings, but also to my kids and to, to my dad's siblings and his family that um, we weren't going to be sad because you hear this all the time and it sounds kind of cliche-ish, cliche-ish that he wouldn't want us to be sad, but he would, the fact of the matter is he wouldn't. So I felt that responsibility that, Hey, I am going to take the positive road here. And hopefully that's going to be contagious to the other people that are around me at that particular time. And maybe people could feed off of that positive vibe coming from me and help them get over, uh, not get over, but help them get through uh, this, this tough situation. So I don't think it was a, like a, oh, I'm going to turn my brain on this way. I felt more of a responsibility in my inner self to take that road. Yeah, that, that makes sense. You know, there was, um, every morning I wake up, I listen to uh, an inspiring message or I, I Google um, a YouTube video that's just inspirational video or something. And one of them was, uh, there was a line that said something like, um, when you were born, when you came into this world, you were crying and everybody was celebrating. But when I leave the world, I want to I wanna be celebrating while others are crying, while others are mourning. What do you think about that? Yeah, I love that. And in fact, we made that kind of the mantra for his funeral. We made it a celebration of his life. And it was as upbeat as upbeat can be from the eulogy and the stories that we told throughout the liturgy to the music that we picked. It was a nod to him and the life well lived by my dad that we wanted to celebrate. And uh, I, I think that he was looking down, smiling ear to ear, saying two thumbs up, fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. I, you know, with, with, with my travels around the world, I, th I think I've been to almost 70 countries now. And I've, I've studied a number of cultures and, and religions and, and everything else that, that goes along with traveling so much. One of the things I've noticed in other cultures, you know, especially in like the closest country to us, you know, Mexico, 
Um, well, I guess for me, because I'm in Colorado, for you be Canada, <laughs> Philly. But, you know, Dia de los Muertos, you know, they celebrate the Day of the Dead. Um, other cultures, it's, it's, it's kind of out there and people talk about it. I don't think people really talk about it much in our culture. You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a sad subject, but it's something that happens to every single person on earth, except, you know, except for maybe Elvis and uh, um, uh, Michael Jackson, you know, they're hanging out somewhere together, but it, it happens to everybody. Why, why, do you, why do you think it's something that people just shy away from and don't really discuss? Uh, it's so true. It's taboo to talk about death and I don't know. I don't know why that is, but it's universal almost. I, I think that you, you hit it head on and it almost gets easier if, if you do talk about it. So um, I, I couldn't give, I, I have no idea what the answer is, <laughs> but um, so I was no help to you there. <laughs> well, I, th I think it's a cultural thing. You know, it's just, it's just something that we don't talk about. Cause I know one of your brothers, he's, he's, he's over in the Vatican. He is. You know, he does, he does a lot of good, good work over there. And I know for myself, it, it's, it still scares me, but I was, I was read my last rites when I was younger with one of my cancers. And I'm, I'm also a, a big believer in signs. You know, are you, how do you, how do you feel about signs and, and looking out there for, for things pointing you in the right direction? So I too am a huge believer in signs and um, my brother who you just mentioned there, uh, he was in he was in Spain at the time when my dad died. He came home and he knows that I'm a big believer in signs. And so, you know, my dad passed and I just kept saying, Dad, just give me a sign that you're all right. Please give me a sign. And I told my brother Joe that a deer would be a sign from my dad that he was okay. So just show me a deer. So my brother Joe calls me and I pick up my cell and he's like, Hey, I just saw your sign. And I go, no way. He goes, yeah, mom and I were driving into the cemetery to make some arrangements for the burial. And there was a deer impaled on the fence that surrounds the cemetery. And I said, you are sick. And that wasn't the sign that I was looking for. So I think it was my dad's sense of humor saying, here's your sign, buddy. I'm gone. Face it move on but he saw a deer that was impaled on the, the huge fence that surrounded the cemetery so there's my sign story for today <laughs> i mean that that goes back to our, our initial um subject that we will talk about attitudes during hard times what what do you think of uh having a sense of humor during a hard time obviously you have one <laughs> uh, i i think it's a necessity a necessity you have to have it 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 almost um, helps you heal if you do keep a good sense of humor and he certainly had a sense of humor so I think we tapped into that and and, and allowed us to heal a lot faster wow that's that's hysterical I uh I'm a, I'm a big believer in science too and one big sign for me was when I was in uh treatment um I always got treated on uh, in, in Columbus Ohio I always got treated on the, uh, we'll say that, I think it was the fifth floor or seventh floor. We'll say the fifth floor. And, you know, I, I knew the nurses. I knew everybody there. It was like, it was like my extended family. You know, I walked in, they're like, hey, friend, hey, Sean, how's it going? It was like, like, a, like a, a, a series of norms, you know, or a series of a, a cheers. You know, I'd walk in and be like, Sean. 
<laughs> so <clears throat> this one time, I uh, uh, they, they were full. That the whole floor was completely full, and uh, I remember they've stuck me on a different floor, and I was just sitting there, just super depressed. And and mom and dad were trying to get me back on, you know, the, the fifth floor with my family, that extended family, and uh, all of a sudden it, it opened up. There was one seat or one bed that opened up. So they rushed me upstairs. We, we kind of snagged that bed. And uh, I remember standing by the window looking outside. And it was a courtyard. And it was in the wintertime, so it was actually snowing a little bit. And it was one of those square courtyards. And I was looking out the window with my mom. And it was snowing outside. Beautiful snow. Sun was coming out a little bit. And I have yet to see this ever again. But there was a rainbow that came into the courtyard. And I remember looking at my mom, you know, smiling, but also some tears coming down, looking at her and just saying, everything's going to be all right, isn't it? So I think that was, that was my sign that I knew everything was going to be okay. You know, so look, now when you always, see a rainbow, do you kind of dial back to that, that moment? I do. I do. I, I just think rainbows are awesome. And then when you see a double rainbow, it's just, I mean, it's a perfect, perfect alignment of the sun, perfect alignment of, of the rain and, and how the reflection of, of the light off the, uh, uh, the pyramid base or the, uh, the, the reflection off the, uh, the raindrops themselves. So I, I have a, I'm a huge believer in signs, you know, and, and trying to find the, uh, the silver lining in the cloud and always trying to find the good in the bad. You know, there was, um, uh, last year, my wife and I, I, I take a group up Kilimanjaro every year, but, uh, she went, she went this year and, um, <clears throat> she, uh, she started a company called origins accessories. And for every, a portion of every sale goes to support an orphanage over there. And those people over there are probably some of the poorest people in the world. You know, the, the porters, they, I think they get $7 a day. That's, that's their income. And, you know, there were 90 orphans at this orphanage and she managed to help support 700 or yes, 90 kids with 700 pounds of food. So while we were there, you know, they're living in, in dirt homes, dirt huts, you know, the, the, the floor is, is dirt and their bathroom is, you know, a hole in the ground. And they're still some of the happiest people I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, they're, they're not looking at what they don't have. They look at what they do have. And I think so many people are, are stuck on the, the pity party, feeling like the victim, thinking, oh my God, it's so bad. I, I, I can't handle this. It's, it's just, it's going to tear me apart. They're focusing on, I don't have this. I don't have that. I can't do this. What, what about if you look at the things that you do have, you know, how fortunate you are to have those gratitudes and, and things that you're grateful for, you know, like going back to the story about you and your dad, you're losing your dad. It happens to everybody. And it's a, it's a horrible one. And you know, my heart goes out to you every, every, every Thursday, like you said, the 18th, 18th, 18 years ago. You know, it's, it's something horrible. However, it, it's something that does happen. And I think you focusing on the good aspects develops your personality into who you are. There's a, there's a book that I read. It's called The Secret. And I say I read because I swear I've probably read it 20, 25 times now. And I have it here with me right now. And there's a page in The Secret. I keep it with me all the time. But there's a page that I've opened up to so many times that it just opens up automatically. It's page 79 of The Secret. And there's a line in there that says, so it's very important to have an attitude of gratitude. And that one little line I have highlighted in yellow and a little asterisk next to it because it really caught my attention the first time that I read it. 
And you are absolutely right. I have an attitude of gratitude that I had a dad for as long as I did and a fantastic dad and a, and a dad that cared about us and loved us and showed us how to live uh, properly. So um, I, I think what you just said there is gold. If you can, if you can have an attitude of gratitude when you're faced with the, the most challenging times of your life, I think that's going to help you. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, even looking at relationships, I mean, and I don't mean um, every, everybody has relationships. When you go to the grocery store, you know, you have a relationship with the person who's checking you out. You have a relationship with the person who's putting the groceries in the bag. You have a relationship with the bank. You have a relationship with your husband. You have a relationship with your wife. You have a relationship with your kids. You have a relationship with everybody. You know, if, if you focus on how you are, like you said, like, like you're grateful for those things, you know, being grateful that you do have those relationships and you can foster those relationships and really encourage growth as opposed to having that closed mindset and being, like you said, grateful for things, it, it'll change your world. You know, and it's, it's not about um, wanting what other people have. It's, it's about going back to your core values and, and understanding that and my parents taught me this a long time ago that I never had to be the best. I just had to be my best. And I think that really helps too, because if you start going after what other people want, you start comparing yourself to other people, you lose who you are and you, you lose what you truly value. You lose yourself. Yeah, there's a line that I read not too long ago, and it said, if you worry about things you can't control, the worry controls you. Huh. If you worry about the things you can't control, the worry controls you. So we'll, we'll stay on the theme of like my dad's death. A lot of times when people are, are hit with death, um, the, the worry starts to immediately creep into their mind. What am I going to do without this person? What is my wife going to be like? My life going to be like, what if this, what if that? And it just takes you down a rabbit hole that you can't control. You have no control over it whatsoever. So uh, again, it, it's that mindset shift that you need to do. It's, it's not easy um, because the easy thing is to sit there and curl up in a ball and have a pity party for yourself. But I can assure you, my dad wouldn't have wanted that. And more than likely, whoever you just lost wouldn't want that if you're going through it. Exactly, exactly. And, and like, like I was saying with relationships, so many people are, they're focused on what they might lose as opposed to everything they could potentially gain. And I think that's why people stay in, in abusive relationships. I think that's why people stay in relationships or they stay even with a job for too long, you know, following something that they shouldn't be doing where they're uncomfortable because they're, they're, they're more comfortable with the uncomfortable than they are by going out and pushing themselves, by stepping out of their comfort zone, you know, and they focus on what they could potentially lose as opposed to everything they, they possibly have to gain. You know, I'm, I'm sure you could, you could hit on that. I see you shaking your head. You're like, yeah, I'm going to jump in here. What, what no, I, I actually, I want to keep pulling it out of you here because <laughs> I, I, when you start to get on a roll with this, you usually keep on going. And, you know, the topic being attitude and challenging times, I've never met someone who has been presented with so many challenging times 
and has not only overcome the challenge, but has the attitude that you have. Um, I, I want to just kind of be a sponge now and find out what is that. I just talked about the secret. What's the secret to Sean Swarner? Like, what is that in your mind that makes you do that? Makes you keep that attitude? Well, I, any, anyone can do it. And it, for me, I think it started when I was 13. And I know I've, I've mentioned this before, but in, in one day, I remember waking up three months after the chemo treatment, um, you know, three months into the chemo treatments, and my hair fell out in, in one, one time I was in the shower. And eventually I was 60 pounds overweight, bald from head to toe, pulling chunks of hair to the drain, crying my eyeballs out. But I wasn't feeling sorry for myself. And I think it was in that moment where I decided to focus on things and see things from a different perspective. And, and we all have the ability to choose what perspective we want. And that, that's, that's, that's a perfect word too, choose. You know, you can choose to, to have whatever perspective you want. And I do a lot of coaching. And, and one guy um, I, was, I was coaching for a while, you know, he said that he wanted to double his income from 75 grand to 150. And I kept, I kept pulling it out more and more. I was like, well, why, why, why? You know, what's, what's the meaning behind this? But, well, because when I make $150,000, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be happy. I'm like, so when you make $150,000 a month, you're going to choose to be happy. He's like, yeah. I was like, well, if it's a choice, why not choose to be happy now? So going back to the shower story, you know, it was, it was in that moment when I realized I didn't want to focus on not dying. I wanted to focus on living, you know, and it was, it was a perspective that I saw on life. And if, if you're walking through life and you're constantly trying to avoid things as opposed to being drawn towards something, you know, kind of going back to your secret, you know, the, the book, The Secret. If you, if you follow what the quote unquote universe wants and you want something positive, you can go after that. I mean, imagine how it would have ended up if I was in the shower and in every treatment I went into, I kept telling myself, don't die, don't die, don't die, don't die. I'd, I'd be dead. I wouldn't be standing here talking to you right now. You know, but I focused on, I want to live. This is what I want. This is how, this is how I'm going to make it happen. You know, and at that point, at 13, I made a conscious choice. And I think that's another good word. I made a conscious choice to focus and be positive as opposed to focusing on a, the avoidance of the negative. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh. It, it makes all the sense in the world. And I certainly subscribe to that and try to live it on a daily basis. And um, like you said, they're conscious. You have to be conscious about it in order to make it happen. So, I mean, today's world, there are so many challenges being thrown at people from so many different levels. And if, if you were to pick one thing that could help somebody get through a challenge, whether it's a sickness, whether it's a death, whether it's a financial crisis, whether it's a relationship um, obstacle that they're faced with, is there, is there one thing that you would say, hey, try this tomorrow when you wake up and I'm not guaranteeing that it's the prescription for success, but I am guaranteeing that you'll probably have a different mindset. Absolutely. Um, and this, this could be, you know, the, the takeaway point. So how many people in the morning when they wake up, they turn on the news? Uh, the majority of people. And for me, there was one day I actually chose um, to, to do some research on the news. And with the morning stories, I think it was one out of 68 stories was positive. 
Everything else was about murder, you know, the uh, people who were rape, incest, drugs, you know, it was awful. One out of 68 was positive. So what are you, what are you consuming? When you, when you do that, you know, you, we, human beings are creatures of habit and we are what we, what we eat. You know, that old saying, you are what you eat, but you really are. If you look at it on a deeper level, you are what you consume, you know, it, it be it negative stuff in the morning, because how many people wake up and, and what they do is they, they instantly get on their phone and they start checking the, the, the hashtags, the thumbs up, the likes, you know, what other people are doing, you know, that, that gets the chemicals in the brain going for, and it gives you a rush, but people are starting their day off on a negative note. And, and at the end of the day, they're doing the same thing. They're turning on the news and going to bed with that negativity again. You know, you're essentially bookending your day on a negative note. Every morning I wake up, the first thing I do, I grab my phone and I, I literally Google inspirational videos. And I watch a five to 10 minute inspirational video. Within the fifth, first 15 minutes of waking up, you can choose how you want the rest of your day to go. You can start off on a negative note or a, or a, a, a positive note. And that at the end of the evening, before you're going to bed, every night, Julissa and I, my wife and I, we look at each other, we tell, tell each other, you know, a handful of things that made us anxious that day, you know, because there's stuff out there that, that makes everybody anxious. You feel anxious about it. So you get that out of your chest, get, get that out of, your, out of your system. But then we list off five things we're grateful for. And we go to bed after, after we tell, talk about five things we're grateful for. So one, wake up. Google inspirational videos to go to bed and just list off five things you're grateful for. If you don't have somebody there, get a journal, write down five things you're grateful for. You'll, you will begin to reprogram your brain to focus on the positives. Man, oh man, Sean. Um, I'm grateful that I know you, my friend, that's for sure. And, and as always, uh, the time flies by when we do these and have these conversations. I love them. Uh, can't wait for our next one. But until then, I'm Tom Farrell. And I'm Sean Swarner. And that's your dose of hope for today.